0: All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We're here with three badass women who are coaching in the game today. We have Ali, Well, My left to right, Allie Whipshire, Jen Lyric, and Tori Burnett. And uh, they are from locations far and wide. You can see we're in two different cars, so they are busy. So I thought it would be fun for an introduction if you all um, go and we can start with Allie and then Jen and Tori basically saying your name and all the different hats you wear. Um, Because I think people really underestimate the sheer level of hustle it takes to be a coach basically at any level. So uh, Allie, kick us off.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think just the fact that two of us are sitting in cars kind of indicates that we're always on the go. Um, so I, I coach for the Gophers. Uh, I'm the goalkeeper coach for the Gophers. And uh, I'm wearing my club coaching hat right now. I'm, I'm in Michigan with uh, one of my club teams. Uh, and I also run my own goalkeeper academy uh, as well. So a, a, a couple of different soccer hats. Um, a few different soccer hats, I should say, for sure.
0: Aside from an actual giant, also other job that you do during the day.
1: It's like, yeah, yeah, then one non soccer
0: hat too, for right. sure. <laughs> Jen, what about you?
1: Yeah,
2: um, I am the assistant coach at Augsburg University. I'm a girls director of coaching at BB United. Um, and then I'm um, involved with like a
3: girl nonprofit in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Tori? Uh, my name's Tori. I coach for McAllister College. Jen and I are rivals. Yes, <laughs> And I'm The also best rivalry. A... What? The, the best th- kind of rivalry. The best. Um, I also coach at uh, Blaine Soccer. I have four teams. I was just with uh, my littlest ones in U.S. Club Regionals. And I also run all of the marketing and social media stuff over there. So.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I feel so incredibly lazy talking to you three. That's great. <laughs> so, one of the reasons uh, we're so happy to have have you all on um is for pride month of june so we are this month and last year we've tried to do promotions where we help support um career athletes and especially because i think soccer tends to get a a brand or kind of a public persona as being really progressive but um as all of us know and i think people who work in the game know there really isn't even close to fair representation for women coaches and i think the the challenge is even harder for Um, gay and lesbian coaches and players just because of uh, how tough it is to kind of change these kind of standard practices we have for teams. But we're really lucky to have three badass women here to talk about uh, their experience in the game. And I was hoping you could each talk a little bit about just kind of why it matters to you to be um, visible during Pride and and just say yes to a kooky four person video chat like this. Um, And maybe we start with uh, Allie on the left.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think in general, it's just vis- visibility is important. Period. Right? Um, it's it's just like if you, if you're a kid playing the game and you and you don't see you know someone who looks like you doing it at, at a higher level, sometimes it's hard to imagine yourself there. Uh, and I think that applies to any situation. So um, I'm I'm sure that you guys can relate where you you had someone who was visible to you and that was important and defining. And, and, you know, for that same reason, it it just kind of becomes a part of you. And, uh, it's, it's, it's very natural to want to be, you know, hopefully visible for someone else. Mm
0: -hmm. Jen, how about you?
2: Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. Um, and I think it's important to myself personally to just like be my full self in my coaching role. Um, yeah, I think, I think like, you never know what young people might need support in different avenues of their life, whether that's um, you know, being a girl at school who like wants to play soccer and like only boys are playing and they like might need support in that. Or um, you know, whether they're you know starting to realize or navigate their sexuality. I think it's really important to just be yourself and, and people can reach can reach out if they know like who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tori.
3: Yeah, I think just you need to be your authentic self. The world has so many different people in it and but it needs one of you and being you and exactly who you are is extremely important because like you know just reiterating what they were saying someone is watching you and someone needs to see you be authentic and see what that looks like you know when we're wearing all these different hats we can also be ourselves with those hats and so that allows people to then again picture themselves in our shoes and hopefully you know Do better things than we're even doing right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, for folks who don't follow the game super close, or maybe they watch like the national team, or maybe they just watch like their local college team or something, I think um, for me, it's what I've noticed too. And I think Jen, your work with like a girl kind of hits at some of this that the club scene is really, it's so, there are so many women's college teams that like, the, the girls' soccer system has a lot of resources in it because people want to get those scholarships and they want to play at those high levels. And I think that means there's, like, kind of a like a high-dollar, like, glossy vibe on the club scene in a certain way where it's, like, it becomes a very – to me, at least, it's, like, a very suburban, like, clean-cut, like, brand to this, like – or that's, like, the outward-looking brand of, of this, like, broader, like, soccer system in the U.S. is, like – rich suburban like vibe and for some reason I think that just tends to have like some extra connotation of just being a little bit um conservative or old school or like overly um like strict in the sense of like identity and all those things I don't know if that's played out for you as players but I mean for for players and coaches who are in situations where maybe they're not sure how to be good allies in a situation like that Um, What are some things they can do to kind of be either a good, like good friend and supportive teammate, or if you're a coach and you're not really sure you've never been in the situation to be kind of a public ally, what are some things you can do? And um, maybe we start with Tori and go the other direction.
3: I think the biggest help throughout my, you know, experience, my collegiate career is just, just be inclusive, just ask because it's really difficult when you are in a room and everyone's talking about their relationships and you get left out. And it's it's just one of those things where just, you know, give us a seat at the table. It's the same as everyone else's relationship and we would love to tell you about our amazing significant others
0: or but... our or our really weird date we went on or something. Right,
3: or whatever, right? <laughs> whatever whatever romantic gossip we have, like everyone wants to talk about that. Right. And so allowing us to be in that conversation is one of the biggest ways you can be an ally as a coach as a teammate whoever like just just ask and i think the other thing too is some people get caught up in um you know not knowing what to say initially and that's fine like if you have an awkward conversation okay those happen constantly mm-hmm. but making sure that you follow back up later and just be like hey like I know that wasn't like a great conversation but this is what I meant by it I still care about you I still you know want you to feel included whatever that conversation is but continuously reaching out continuously providing that that you know open and inclusive welcoming environment as a coach as a player teammate whatever it is but we we can all do that and that just makes everyone's experience easier and it makes it the team feel more like a team as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah Jen
3: yeah, no, I think that's all super well said. Um,
2: my thought is that, like, language is important and powerful. Uh, so just, you know, once during the summer I was coaching a camp and a young boy used gay as, like, a negative insult. And I just, like, pulled him aside and, like, had a quick conversation about, you know, language. Um, and I think for uh, for sport fans, for, like, young people involved in sport, uh, like the language that we use sets the tone for whether this is an inclusive space or not. Um, and especially for young people who are maybe starting to like think about their sexuality. Like if you are on a team where like, uh, like gay is used as a negative insult, then like, you're not going to be f- comfortable, like talking to those people about your lived experience, um, as a queer person, mm-hmm. uh, or like maybe just might quit that team altogether. Right. And I think like, um, uh, I think sport as, as a whole has a lot of work to do to be more um, inclusive. Uh, and I think like language can be a really good starting point for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think you guys, you're both, you're both spot on. Um, and, and I, to expand, I guess on, on the end of Tori's point, I think that the conversations are important and the questions are important. Um, I mean, it's always, it's always hard to start, a conversation that you don't know how to start like the, the awkward conversations that we're having there it's always hard to start um but I mean the bottom line is just have them right like having a seat at the table having those being able to have those conversations of, around language they'll have to start somewhere um and it's always that it's always that first step it's always you know gonna be the hardest so I mean my I guess my my advice if I had any is to to go for it because yeah it's you know what we've all had the awkward conversation with a teammate, or a coach, or a parent, where you're like, but they say something like, you know, I oh I know someone in a female relationship, or just so it's like something like that, and it's kind of awkward, and you're like, cool, like, great, like you're good, that's fine, like let's just keep having this conversation, <laughs> um, and 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 that is really important. Like if they can see you be comfortable and like em, embrace them, like they know yep. that it's going to go both ways.
0: Right, uh, it's like giving them permission to keep like trying. Totally. And I didn't think about this until uh, Tori, you were mentioning kind of like just ask the question and kind of like say the thing. And uh, I didn't realize that I somehow have three people uh, where none of you are from Minnesota. So I was going to make a joke. We're we're very lucky to have somehow stolen you for the state. And now we have you. But uh, Tori, you're originally from Colorado and came here for school. And Jen, um, you're from the East Coast and you originally went to school in Florida and then transferred here. And then uh, Allie, you know, you're from the beautiful state of Hawaii, so you win. And then you're you're living here now. Um, and I think in Minnesota, there's probably at least an extra like one or two percent of the um, unspoken element of just, you know, not talking about it and, um you know only to, or only talking behind people's backs which happens everywhere but in Minnesota just the passive aggressive extra element of living in the midwest and like no one says anything we only talk to each other in like whispers and it's all absurd i think that element is so important just being willing to feel uh just being willing to be wrong like if you're a teammate or like a coach like being willing yeah. to be like uh oh, it sounded stupid whatever <laughs> well,
3: and i think on on top of that too like it's it's a difficult position for us sometimes because as members of the LGBTQ community, the burden is on us to have those conversations or to start those conversations. So to be an ally and a great teammate and a, you know, great coach, if you can help us start those conversations, cause we, we're, we can, we're comfortable with it, but it's so refreshing when you have somebody that's like, you know, again, just taking that leap and mm-hmm. asking those questions. So I think that's, that's really important too, to remember it's, The burden lies on us, so as much as we can,
1: have some help. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the, I think especially right now, being a World Cup year, people are kind of seeing. More of the visible like gay athletes on the women's team getting a lot of like press and like Megan Rapinoe just had an amazing quote after the game today where she's hoping the U.S. France is a complete shit show circus <laughs> or like whatever her quote was yep. just amazing, and so you have these really really outspoken really cool like visible talented as hell like famous uh, athletes who get all of this attention. And so I think then it I think that level of attention is so amazing but then it also gives people the idea that it's kind of like oh everything's cool and everything's chill and and we've all like made it to this place where you know a handful of our key players are all out and proud and visible and they're getting you know marketing dollars and they're having success and all these things but I think you know we as fans in a non even just in a non world cup year or like just for our local teams what are some things we can do to help make like our broader conversation more friendly or, you know, what can we do as like readers of journalism or as fake journalists like myself to help elevate um, the right kind of things? I mean, what are some, cause a lot of what I asked you about before is almost kind of like the internal team structure, but what are some things we can do as fans, you know, to help make it more of a comfortable environment or um, you know, when we're trying to share content or when we're trying to, Um, make it a positive thing. What can we do as fans to do that? Maybe we start with Jen right in the middle.
3: Sure.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have a great answer to that off the top of my head, but I do, I think back to like the national team when I was growing up, like the 91ers and like none of them were, were like out and loud and proud. Uh, And I don't know if any of them are are queer people. I don't know, but like, I do wonder uh, like what, the current women's national team, like, means to our like current young generation of girls growing up, um, like, what kind of shift that's having on our on our soccer demographic and, and queer, queer community moving forward. Uh, even today, when uh, Rapino was taking, I think it was her second PK, mm-hmm. I, I saw like a pride flag right behind the goal, and I was like, that yeah, what a like cool moment. Um, you know, in that moment after the last World Cup, when. Abby Wambach ran over and, and kissed her wife at the time in the stands. Like, mm-hmm. that's an iconic woman, uh, moment for women's soccer. And also just, like, what a what a beautiful moment uh, for, for the queer community. Um, and I think, like, the the positive uh, consequences, outcomes of those, like, moments of being out uh, in the community uh, are... are we, we won't see them for years, or they're meeting <laughs> things, young people now. Um, but I'm so glad that they're happening Mm-hmm. I guess that's my best. Sense. I don't. I don't know what what uh what exactly we can do, but I'm so happy
3: to see uh, this current national team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Tori?
3: I'm trying to think too. I think again, it just goes back to us being visible and you giving us a platform, um, mm-hmm. and also remembering that on top of all of this, like, the coverage should be about the athlete. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Megan Rapinoe gets press because she is a baller <laughs> <laughs> who just so happens to be dating sue bird who's also a baller but like you know what i mean so i think it's those levels and again i think it goes back to jen and the, the language that we use i don't know if you guys saw that tweet about um some someone stupid tweeted something like zach Ertz visits wife in the world Cup. Right. and it's like are you you can't it's wife it's not julie Ertz, the total you know the best six in the world potentially like come on so I think it's just remembering that, right? It's not like we are not gay athletes. We are athletes mm-hmm. who love who we love, mm-hmm. and that's it. So I think it's making sure that that language is is clear, that, you know, there's coverage because of what they're doing on the field mm-hmm. and then treating them like anyone else. Like if you're covering, you know, PK, you always have to mention Shakira. Just always. <laughs> it happens. But so same same type of thing. I think it's inequality in that level and also just remembering you know first and foremost we are athletes and mm-hmm. we just happened to all mm-hmm. like pretty kick-ass women so.
0: <laughs> well and i think it's a little bit of it like you described it as the whole um you know such and such as wife is like playing in this game Is just those language changes are just being willing to change you just have to be willing to like it's not about you. Just, like, change the word you're using. It's not a big deal. You learned to use this certain type of word or this certain phrase when you were, like, eight. <laughs> you right? can learn a new way to say something when that's you're in your awareness. 20s, 30s, 40s. It's sort um, of, like, just, it's not about you. If so- if someone else wants a different label to identify themselves, that's fine. You're you're doing great as a straight white man. There's no challenges in the entire world. You were born a king. <laughs> you can use a different word. <laughs> Allie, what about you? Um,
1: yeah, I, I think, you know, two really important points. Like, it's it's the platform, it's the language. Uh, and, and just within that, I think the, the also the point that it's just the recognition that we've come a really long way. Um, we're doing really good things, and we're still going to have to fight the fights that we're going to have to fight along the way. You know, like, we're not there, like you're saying um and and that goes that goes beyond this conversation into so many others but i just think that the recognition of that um and 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 kind of it sounds a little bit aggressive but like just being prepared to to be like have those conversations to be like no it's julie ertz's husband is coming to visit her at the world cup not the other way around (laughs) um and and i don't know at some point it's not letting it get under your skin but also being you know being able to sort of respond to it in, in the ways that are productive and you no, know, all the things that we have to do all the time anyway
0: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well yeah this... no you go jen
2: i was just saying i think maybe a final thought is like policy so um you know title nine protects sexual like, people of different sexual orientations um but i do know certain private schools where like queer student athletes don't feel comfortable to like tell their coaches about their orientation or like sometimes you know coaches don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um you know I've been to conferences with uh gay women who are professors at schools in Iowa and they like wait a couple years before they share about their private lives
0: maybe right until they after they get tenure (laughs) like like, don't want to risk it legitimately
2: (laughs) I think the like public institutions that do have policies that protect um, people of different sexual orientations, like let's enforce those policies. And then, you know, maybe different private institutions that don't, um, I think could look into creating policies if that's something they're interested in and um, in, mm-hmm. in advocating for. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and one last one that I didn't throw in the document, but I just had to remember it because uh, Ali, your wife, Chris had such an amazing and such a like widely shared piece where she was basically writing a letter to herself um you know from when she came out and it was just like the most touching like emotional thing I've seen in so long but it was it was so widely shared here because I think it was um so authentic and real um and but it's also just like describing a moment that you guys like sort of referenced earlier that can just be like, how do you start it? Like, what do you, what do you do? I mean, is there anything you would tell, um, you know, young athletes now, if they're struggling with like how to deal with that particular step in the process of, is there any advice you would give in terms of how to handle that situation? Or is it so, uh, personal that it's kind of, uh, t- tough to describe for, for someone else?
1: Yeah, it's so personal. It It, it is. I think, Um, everyone finds their own words, their own voice, their own strength at at different times. Um, so I, I mean, going back to some of the conversations we were having around what can, you know, allies do, coaches do all of this. I mean, I think our our part is definitely providing the visibility. Um, and if kids have all those other things in place around them, the support systems and the environments around them, then it's certainly going to be much, much easier. Um, for that to be a more positive part of their, their experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what do you guys think?
0: Janitory. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think it's just, you have to remember everyone's on their own time schedule and it's not a race. Um, no one's timing you to there's, there's no <laughs> cap on anything. So I think it's just understanding, you know, like you, like Allie was saying, you find your strength and you find a time that works for you and you just go. And it's just remembering that, you know, at the end of the day, your teammates will still be your teammates. Like everyone's still going to be, everything's the same, even though it's different. And, um, the right people will stick around and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's life. And that's, hopefully someday, you know, again, we're progressing to a place where that doesn't need, those conversations don't even need to be had. There's just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh However, you just, you know, there will, the right people will stick around and they'll, they'll be there through everything. And that's what you got to stick to and remember. Mm -hmm. So for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah. And I would just say that like, there's no, there's
2: no like right way to to, like, come out or, like, share that part of your life with someone. But but I think there is, like, a kind and caring way to, like, receive that information if you're on the other end of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, if someone's trusting you with that information, that's, like, a really powerful moment where you can be, like, the best ally. Um, and mm-hmm. I think you gotta, like, respect that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, this was so fantastic. Thank you so much to Allie Lipshare Jen Lyric, and Tori Burnett for coming on for our first ever four-person video and podcast conversation, <laughs> and what a fantastic reason to do it for Pride Month 2019. Um, so every new follower we get, we'll give a dollar to Athlete Ally. Um, we'll probably find many more excuses to give to give funds to this cause in the future. Um, but thank you so much for being willing to share your stories and your advice uh, and your your expertise as coaches and former players um and yeah thanks so much for coming on thank you you.
3: thanks matt